making a look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises. Oh, fuff. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys are that. Don't fail me again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. Welcome to episode four. This is a pick and mix episode in which we will talk about film news and tidbits from the preceding month, which being April 2021. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is basically uncharted territory for us. Yes. Uh, and, and we're going to look at some of the news and just have a little chat. Well, I guess we are, as I say, this is the fourth episode. So currently currently we have released three franchise fatigue episodes. And there are uh, three, I guess, types of episode. One being the franchise fatigue, which is where we take a franchise and look at how we think of it and eventually rank all the films in a franchise. Um, there is a one-shot episode, which is where we take a... a take a topic which could be a year a director an actor a theme um and come up with a film related to that topic which doesn't have a prequel or a sequel or a spin-off so it stands which is surprisingly hard um and yeah and then we we've kind of almost battled them out but it's nowhere near that exciting we just but we we debate we debate about the merits and demerits of the films um and try and come up with a one that goes through to some kind of imaginary, but possibly real at some point, if we can be bothered, uh, bucket list as being the ultimate one for that topic. For the year. Yeah. Everyone loves an end of year list. Everyone loves one. And then finally, you have the, the pick and mix episode, which is where Ben and I will just talk about, I guess, any sort of film news that has caught our eye that month or trailers we've seen or any other sort of film related nonsense. And we will deal with any future listener queries. Yes, yes. Your thoughts or if you have a problem with Rob, please get in touch. Rob at the popcornbucket.com. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah, last week we were kind of talking about doing a pick and mix episode and I was like, not much has happened. You know, like it, it it's kind of an odd month to choose. But the Oscars were the next night. So that shows how clued up I was about the whole thing. And, you know, I mean, I think like most people, I didn't watch the Oscars. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that just is kind of just on the slide, isn't it? Well, they had a 58% drop in, uh, or the, it was like the 58% lowest ever uh, audience share. Yeah. And I can, I, I sort of see why. I mean, they are getting better at, at kind of picking important or worthy movies. Like the, the choices are better. But, you know, because of they've they've kind of uh, diversified the voting panel. Uh, they're not all 80-year-old white men. Well, I think also 2020, as you know, as everyone knows, um, that there weren't the sort of the film releases in the, uh, to the cinema. So I think a, and a lot like a lot of tentpole movies have been, have been put back, not just the action films, but dramas as well. Mm. Um, a lot of the smaller films that may not have got the sort of the buzz around them really really sort of came to the fore yeah yeah it was definitely definitely an interesting pick i mean i mean i'm i would love to say more about best picture nomadland but 
as of recording, I think it's added to Disney Plus tomorrow. It is, yes. So by the time this comes out, we may have seen it, but at the time of recording, we... Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited to see that, but yeah, haven't as of yet. But I think I think most of it was fine. It was mostly controversy free. I think the only the only thing was it kind of all leading to Anthony Hopkins being chosen as the uh, the recipient of the best actor. Feeling Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, a lot of people were well, considering he'd won the sort of like uh, Golden Globes, I think, and things like that. And and the fact the show seemed to be building towards it because they didn't have Best Picture as the last award. Which is normally the case. Best male actor. Yes. So, so they they were kind of going, and they went best male actor, and uh, and it was Anthony Hopkins. And you know, you can't can't knock the Popkins. He's awesome. And from what I've heard, it really is the career best performance. Zorro in the Mask of Zorro. <laughs> I love him in that movie. Yeah, and I think I I think it, a lot of people kind of just it was kind of assumed so then when it didn't happen it was kind of a bit of a rug pull and it's shame Chadwick Boseman was awesome I mean he was from what I've seen him in he is great he had that sort of kind of gravitas about him I think he was going to be like the new Denzel Washington in that sort of just elevates whatever they're in uh because Denzel's appeared in some crap but it's better because Denzel's in it and Chadwick Boseman was the same and um and yeah, it's a shame because it would have been a nice kind of ending that that posthumous Oscar. But you know, it it kind of wasn't to be. But you know, great some great actors and directors and creatives didn't win a damn thing in their career, and that doesn't it doesn't it's not the be all and end all. No, no. And uh, he's still going to have a hell of a legacy. But it's a shame that they don't have that sort of posthumous kind of Oscar to give his family so yeah so yeah i i will actually catch up on the kind of things because there's ma rainey's black bottom there's um sound of metal that looks really good yeah it does yeah and uh, and nomadland so i'm, I'm going to do a bit of a catch-up i would have quite like rizama to win the uh, best oscar because he seems like a nice uh, a nice guy he does i like rizama a lot so yeah no they're 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 the kind of good things and it for once, it's kind of an actual list of like, oh, I should maybe catch up on that rather than, you know, in previous years where it's been like, oh, I just don't care. I don't want any of them to win, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. So, yeah. So that was that was something that was that was cool. And I think Anthony Hopkins is now the oldest person to ever win an Oscar. I mean, good for him. And he was very he was extremely Welsh in his uh, acceptance speech as well, wasn't he? So, you know, repping the homeland, green, green glass of home and all that. Right, that's the Oscars out of the way. <laughs> well, it was a, th- a third, uh, a third win for Frances McDormand. Yes, well, she's she's awesome. I mean, she's been fantastic for a long time now, and uh, yeah, and it I- didn't really surprise me, but it was it was nice still because she's still killing it. Going, you were going to say, uh, oh, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. What what a what an awesome awesome thing! Like he is he's so good as well. Have you seen Get Out? I love Get Out. Yeah, um, he's so so good in that, and and I love the fact that I mean 
Yeah, the dude has big things in his future. Yeah, well, he's done big things already, but he's got even bigger things in his future. I think he's going to be a proper sort of household name. So yeah, big actors came out of skins. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. That that was a that was a kind of a weird kind of thing. And the the guy who said, I think they went back to the sort of casting director or whatever, like to for some sort of reason behind it and and apparently he put it down to sort of the the open casting they did for everything it wasn't just going around the stage schools and sort of things they they just they just held open auditions yeah particularly around bristol schools i think i think that was where it was filmed yeah so i mean and that's the thing it it's i people can sort of feel that sort of authentic authenticity to kind of things and i think i think with skins and things like that they felt even though you know it was a ridiculous show in many ways it kind of felt authentic and you had these clearly talented uh young actors who you know you know made a hell of an impression i mean even um slumdog millionaire uh with um Dev patel Dev patel yeah he was he was in that and Yes. Danny Boyle was kind of like he knew about him because Danny Boyle's daughter has been watching Skins. Yes. And was like, check this guy out. And you know, what a get. So so yeah. No, it's Skins weirdly, weirdly influential. I guess it's quite similar to the way um uh Shane Meadows casts uh, this the This Is England series and a lot of his his things and that you sort of go for people that aren't necessarily known actors or maybe a bit straight out you know not off the street but don't have the sort of drama school experience yeah i mean you know there's there is something to be said for proper actors but sometimes you need that sort of that real feeling that you can't really fake you need that sort of thing and and it helps the audience connect with the character if they've got that sort of genuine streak if they've got that that sort of something because there there are certain things you can't fake and the heart is one of them and I think if you've got someone who is just pretty much playing like a, a, a fictionalized version of themselves, or you know them up to eleven, then I think that that's conveyed to the audience. I think I think the audience can pick up on that. But yeah, very strange. You know, Skins was one of those things that was kind of hugely popular for a while, and then I think they recast it, and it didn't do nearly as well, and whatever, and it kind of just faded. But uh, but OG skins still feeling the impact of that today. Who knew? So you've been listening to our skins podcast. Tune in <laughs> next week where we'll talk about how Tony got on with his dad, who's Harry Enfield. Those are the only two characters on you. That's what I had to just throw in there. <laughs> Nicholas Holt, man, he's good too. Well, they were all sort of uh, all the parents in skins, who I think were like quite decent comedians, weren't they? Peter Capaldi was in it. Yes. Love a bit of Capaldi. Have you seen what he looks like in The Suicide Squad? Yes. <laughs> it's a hell of a look. It's like someone went uh, you know, Frank, Frankenstein's monster, but more so. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. That trip. Capaldi. Really good for The Suicide Squad. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, what was Disney's knee-jerk kind of mistake about just just letting 
James Gunn go for a bit, lasted longer than they'd like to admit, though, was Warner Brothers Get. And and uh, yeah, wow. Uh, it, it looks like James Gunn is kind of taking control of the whole thing. And, and yeah, the Suicide Squad, it looks so much more interesting than the previous Suicide Squad. It looks a lot of fun. It does. Who's your favourite? Do you think who who's who's got a shot of being the scene stealer for you? Idris Elba's character. Yeah, yeah, he looks nice and world weary, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, or possibly, I mean, yeah, I like the for Flapjack's sake in the Red Band trailer. Yes, yes. Uh, King Shark, I think, is going to be. It's going to take some beating. Uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone voiced Shark. That eats people and literally says om nom nom nom. Peacemaker by John Cena. Yeah, John Cena. I I I love I love John Cena and uh, and I think with him in this and the TV show that they're doing. Yes, I think it's going to be between Peacemaker and King Shark for me. Uh, you know, you got stiff competition from Idris Elba and Margot Robbie and and everyone. I mean, I think even um, Sean Gunn's character Weasel, I think it is, looks so so weird. And so awesome. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Is that our letter this year? I think so. I'm not entirely sure. I would check, but I'm, my phone is not under my bed sheets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on a computer, though. You're That's gonna, connected to the internet, isn't it? You're going to have to either edit this out or leave in the bit at the beginning about you hiding under the bed sheet. Oh, I'm absolutely leaving that in. This is ridiculous. Well, hopefully I'm getting a new mic soon. But it's just, I, I just wanted, I was listening to the last one. And while I was damn funny, uh, there was a weird echo. It sounded like I was kind of broadcasting from a train station toilet. And I don't do that anymore. So I kind of decided to sort of try, without spending any money, making it sound a little better. And, you know, you guys be the judge. Do I sound better? Yes or no? Email rob at thepopcornbucket.com. Maybe I could do a poll on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Does Ben sound better? No, I think that's inviting too many nasty comments. He's never sounded good. I think you dramatically overestimate the amount of people who follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Please cut that out. That sounds really needy. <laughs> you, you know what's going to happen, don't you? You're not going to cut that out, are you? No, and I'm going to I'm going to talk about you saying how needy it sounded as well. That's all in there, man. Just don't say things you don't want used against you in a court of law. Okay, right. So, other um, in other trailers this month, there's been a final trailer for Fast and Furious Nine. Yep. Also with John Cena in it. Yeah. Nice segue. Seems to feature a lot of magnets, both on planes or in cars. Well, why not? You know, it's it's. I think I think we're going full Saturday morning cartoon now, aren't we? You're a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm. That's the thing. I don't say that with any judgment. I love the Fast and Furious movies. Well, you know, the ones after five, uh, possibly four at a stretch. I think four was all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, four was the sort of soft reboot, wasn't it? And then then Fast Five was where it really hit its stride. But yeah, I, it, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it's still. I'm still trying to get through my head that I haven't been to the cinema in over a year. What was the last time we saw it at the cinema? Uh, 
Oh man, I can't remember. Was it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, that was the last one for me. Oh my god. It may have been Rise of Skywalker. What a horrid legacy. <laughs> if that was if that was the last if that was the last film I saw in the cinema, I mean, wow, what a, a squit to go out on. I haven't kind of this returning to the cinema kind of stuff. And I can't wait as well. Like as soon as I'm properly jabbed up and everything, um, I'm I'm going to the cinema uh, because it's one of my favorite things in the world. I should maybe do a podcast about how much I like films, but like, well, there's just, there's something, there's something about going to the cinema that has always kind of not calmed me as such, but it's always sort of grounded me. It's, it's, I've always enjoyed it. It's and it always feels special, even if it's just popping into the cinema because it's raining, which I've done a couple of times, you know, or just to kill time, whatever. It's still special. I love the the feel of it all. Um, and and yeah, I have I have really really missed it. Like watching watching films on a on streaming or whatever is fine. And and yeah, I do like being able to pause. And, you know, kind of just be in my room. I can do whatever. But, like, there, there's something missing when you don't go to the cinema. Sit and, uh, yeah, I can't wait. So, you know, it, it still feels like sort of pie in the sky thinking at the moment, talking about going to see these movies. But I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going to try not to get too hyped. Because who knows? Yeah, it may be kind of delayed even more and whatever, but uh, man, will I be happy when I'm sat in there watching Black Widow or or No Time to Die or The Suicide Squad or whatever, you know? Like, or Fast and Furious 9. Fast and Furious 9, In the Heights, I think, is coming out of cinema this year. Yeah, and who doesn't love a bit of Lin-Manuel Miranda? So, you know, I... I'm not sure. Is is Spielberg's West Side Story coming out this year as well? I think it might be. There was a trailer released uh, this week, I think. Yeah, and it definitely looks like West Side Story. So, yeah, great. Bring it to a new generation. There's a trailer for Luca as well released this week, which is going to Disney Plus uh, in June. Yeah. Yeah, was... yeah it, looks, it looks rather charming, I think. It does. Yeah, so it looks to be about fish creatures going above the water to an Italian village. So it's a yeah. little bit of water comedy. <laughs> well, it's weird as well, because I have a, I have a half-brother named Luca. And he is half-fish. He is half-fish. Were there any other trailers? Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, yeah, Shang-Chi. How could we forget? I think it looks great. Yes, it does. Yeah, it looks like some really epic fight scenes. Battles. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But again, you know... Marvel fan, so I'm. It's already it's already in my good books. They really have to screw it up for me to go. You know what? That's not for me. But uh, I think it looks like a lot of fun, and uh, I imagine, I imagine the uh, the fight sequences especially are going to be off the chain. Well, it looked to be um, sort of a mix of inner city and and like out in open country type. Uh... In battle and sort of close quarters fight scenes. So yeah, there, there was kind of like uh, martial arts in the streets and then sort of like crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of things or, or hero like things in, in the uh, 
bamboo forest and everything. It looked very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, the uh, existing Marvel, Marvel films. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a a worthy addition, and uh, we'll see where Shang Chi goes from there. Because they certainly could tell some very very interesting stories. I'm not as familiar with Shang Chi as some of the others, but I mean, if I like it, and the odds are I will, I'll definitely be reading up. Anything else? Uh, there's also the I'm not sure if it's like confirmed news or just heavily rumored that there's going to be a Captain America four. Yeah, I, I was looking for an official press release for that. They, it does seem to be pretty much confirmed after uh, the events of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Spoiler warning for the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Skip to 25 minutes, 22 seconds, if you haven't caught up yet. So yeah, new Captain America. Awesome. Yeah. I, I tell you what, can I just say, fuck Twitter. Was the ending of the program spoiled for you? Not spoiled, well, not the ending as such, but because uh, it was clear where it was going to go. But the, the final, um, the, the penultimate episode ends with Sam looking into the case, uh, which is clearly going to be his uniform, right? Yeah. So uh, when it came to sort of Friday, I was staying off Twitter because, you know, because I, I tend to look at the trending topics and then I can't help myself, you know. I was in a sort of spoiler-free bit of Twitter. I was just on the thing. And I was making sure that no one I knew had, had said about it. And uh, Twitter itself said, uh, oh. oh, you know, why not this? And they promoted a, um, a tweet because they're trying to push topics for things like, oh, you're interested in this. And because I've, I follow quite a few Marvel things and I guess I've talked about it. it. And it showed the full kind of concept art for Sam's Captain America uniform. And I just, I wanted to see, I wanted the reveal to happen in the show, not for me to see it on Twitter, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that was a real shame because, okay, fair enough. Maybe I should just avoid Twitter altogether. But the fact that I've kind of, I, I try my very best not to get spoiled. And I think, I think Twitter have changed the way they do things somewhat when people are talking about the same kind of spoiler kind of thing, they do have a way to sort of mitigate that. And they'll say people are talking about the finale of Winter Sol uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier rather than the specifics of what they're talking about. Yeah. But for them to promote that thing, and I understand why, because clearly it was something that was retweeted a lot and uh, there was a lot of buzz on that one post. And, you know, so they saw it as a great example of the topic that they wanted to foist upon me. But, you know, that's, that's not cool. I was I was legitimately a bit annoyed by that. Uh, so fuck Twitter. So anyway, do you want to say fuck any companies, Rob, or flapjack any companies? No, no. I mean, I just uh, avoided it by not going on Twitter. I sense from your tone you think I'm somewhat at fault. No, I mean, if you're just trying to avoid something, just don't go on the internet. Yeah, I guess. Still, though, fuck Twitter. It was a good entrance, though, in um, when he is all Captain America. Yes, yes, but it is. He's, I guess, top entrances in the MCU, along with Thor and Wakanda portals. Oh, I don't know. That would be that would be a good uh, discussion thing. The the proper sort of the entrances, the hero shots. Yeah, yeah, possibly. It's definitely in contention. So, uh, so yeah, no, that, that yeah, that was good. So. Yeah, slightly annoyed by that, but the rest of the thing, and you know, the finale 
personally, I, it was it was okay. It didn't quite stick the landing for me, but there were certain things I think I kind of saw the seams. You know, I saw them kind of moving things into place for the future of Captain America and and the sort of franchise and things like that. And I'm I'm fine because I like where it's going to go, but it was it was it was a little clumsy. I think on balance, the series as a whole, I think when you, you I think probably 60, 40 better. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 maybe 70, 30. It didn't do itself any favors by following WandaVision, which was yeah. weird and unique and cool. So, so yeah. Uh, but it was good overall. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I've been I've been on the Sam Wilson train for a long time now, seeing him as Captain America and seeing him kind of finally take up that mantle and for the show to end and with its title being Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes. That's great. That's great. I did wonder if it was going to be Captain America and the White Wolf though. I mean, yeah. It could I mean, but he's kind of done with Wakanda, isn't he? You know, he's 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 now forging his own thing. So maybe yeah. you'll just go by like Bucky now. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was cool. So yeah, possibly Captain America four, but having uh Anthony Mackey uh as Captain America is great. Rejoining spoiler free chat. Have a nice day. So uh so no, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. Now I sent you a link to a story that was on the BBC about retroactive product placement. Yes, you did. And uh did you have a chance to read it? Yes. It's not a very convincing yes. This was that the, um, they can go back and digitally add in, uh, sort of like put an advert on a billboard in The Great Escape or something, which is the example I gave. Yeah, yeah. My theory with streaming films, because at least if you have, um, you know, a DVD or Blu-ray of a film, you can... Array for physical media. Right. Sorry, um, I was so excited that I hit my keyboard up as well. <laughs> I was like, we're ready for physical media. We've got to say it. That's a thing. That once you've got that, you know that that is the final edition or that, you know, that, that it can't be amended. Whereas with streaming, there's always a thing that, you know, they could cut out an offending scene or digitally alter stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's odd to me because I, I don't know why people would want to kind of give up that sort of thing. If you're going to do these things, if you're going to have altered things, give people the choice whether to have it. It's like, it's like George Lucas with the special editions of Star Wars, like him saying, Oh, these are, these are actually, these are the definitive ones now. Well, they're not though, are they? I mean, you've, you've cleaned them up and they look great, but it's got all that crap that no one wanted. You know, it, it's it's odd, and I I think it, the same applies to uh, advertising and things like that. Like maybe maybe if they because Disney have already been experimenting with sort of like a paying on, on top of a subscription service for certain movies. The Premier Access. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right. maybe they have this these subtle quote unquote um, adverts in the free version and then you pay premium for not having that crap. I don't know, but I, I'm kind of crazy against it as a concept. Or is it more that it's just they can if they want to? Well, I was looking into it and the whole thing seemed to be a giant advert, funnily enough, for a, a UK tech company, which I'm not going to name 
because that's playing their game. Let's call them fuck buttons. So fuck buttons seem to have been putting out a press release that they have this amazing technology and it's it's apparently AI technology yeah. that scans certain scenes in a in a movie and it can interpret the the depth of everything and and whatever for insertion opportunities. That's their words, not mine. So um, yeah. So they can, I mean, the example the BBC article gave was changing the labels on the bottles uh, of champagne in Rick's Bar in Casablanca. Yeah. And so, you know, you can have people making new money off old stuff. I guess in some ways, though, maybe it's this uh, big claim to grab the headlines, but then actually the technology could be used to fix things that maybe, I don't know, maybe if there's uh, like a blooper or something's left in the film, maybe to edit something like that out quite possibly but i mean i don't think their focus was is going to be on that it's going to be making money because and they were talking about you know new revenue streams and and all this you know this the exec you speak that actually kind of makes you want to puke up your own pelvis you know maybe uh, it could more be about sort of you know we're talking about it, it could more be more about uh, grabbing attention and then you know, just because you can do that with the technology doesn't mean that's what you're going to do with it. I, I, I think your uh, your view of it is rosier than mine. I could see that this is exactly what they do because the people. I mean, think how many adverts you see a day. You know, think think of the saturation point we have with adverts now, and I think they're annoyed more than annoyed. They they're actively losing money. Because streaming services don't have advert breaks. So I think they're looking for ways to sort of put this in. I mean, some some uh, shows on things like Netflix do have product placement. And I think they do have to qualify that they do. But is it any different to product placement in a film? I mean, uh, which was the, the Bond film where everyone got annoyed about him drinking Heineken? Yeah, I mean, there's, I thought... may, there's maybe... there's. Uh, yeah, it was Skyfall. But that, 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 the example they're talking about, the Heineken, wasn't actually that bad. What was worse in that film was the close-up of his watch or any time he looks at the phone and saw his Sony phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Then people were like, oh, you know, that's not this kind of advertising because it's Heineken and it was, it was not seen, seen as sort of luxurious or premium enough to be enjoyed by James Bond, whereas the Sony phone and the watch and car and everything else i mean james bond has always been a corporate whore you know it, uh, that's the close that's, make of it any any film of the car and his product placement i guess but i mean especially with the bond films you know these companies pay big money to have their their kind of things appearing i think other times you know uh to get around it they won't show the logo on certain things they won't show you know it yeah it's kind of an advert but it's not it, it's not really i think the difference between a paid for product placement and something that just happens to be in a movie are different and you know i i think the thing is product placement isn't necessarily bad in its own thing i it does bug me when you know a character goes to a bar and just orders a beer you know what beer we have many mate yeah, I'm busy. You can see the bar is packed. You know, 
oh, I'll just give you a nondescript beer, <laughs> just a grey label with beer written on it. You know, that's that's not how the real world works. We're surrounded by brands and logos and advertising. Well, sometimes um, when they come up, when films have on television programs have fake brands like Searchall instead of Google or something like that. Yeah. That was yeah. out of the moment rather than if it was just Google. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of, it, it throws you out because it's just like, that's not real. weird. Well, um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty before, and I know people have an issue with the product placement in that, whereas I don't. I think it's just, it's, it makes it a more real film in a way. Mm, yeah. Well, the fact that it's um, eHarmony rather than love matches with a z.com yeah. you know yeah no it does it does add a certain authenticity to it but i think uh, the product placement this especially going back and and kind of doing it is is distasteful yeah it may just be a headline grabbing kind of thing like oh we can do this and yeah. they're just they're advertising the, the technology itself not the fact that they'll do this but i don't know man i i reckon that they probably this is probably something that will actually come to pass because of the uh, lost revenue with the popularity of streaming services and everything. I think that this is this is going to be uh, a thing. It's nat- native advertising, but for films and TV shows. And uh, you know, you can go into a whole, uh, you can go down a whole rabbit hole searching about native advertising. And I hate that as well. I don't like people being tricked. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine and he was saying about, do you remember that sort of Galaxy advert with Audrey Hepburn? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Galaxy chocolate. Yeah. And it, it kind of, it rubs you up the wrong way because, I mean, she didn't sign off on that. Yet maybe the estate, you know, of Audrey Hepburn signed off on that. But it it's kind of, I I don't like the thoughts of you know dead celebrities or people who haven't consented to the thing if if a celebrity wants to endorse something fine whatever it's their life their reputation their money but especially kind of after the fact it's the older ones that that i kind of have reservations to the whole thing i think we get enough adverts anyway yeah. i mean it's just i'm sick of them and i think that they've done more damage than good uh, in terms of body image, in terms of general satisfaction in life. Um, you know, I, I think, and and especially insidious ways like this kind of really, really get under my skin because there are people who will be watching something and uh, and being advertised to and they don't even know it. And I don't think that's very fair. I think, I think as with most things, you need consent. Ask people to consent to being advertised to. Don't just force it upon them. So that's my thing about adverts. And I've realised I sound like an old man going, my day, but... We we spent the early part of this episode talking about trailers. Yeah, but... (laughs) But those ads are okay. But again, it's it's not like I have a problem with all adverts. It's just... It's just... And at least that... That is clearly I've you know I've sought those out. It wasn't as if I was watching something and then a trailer for the Suicide Squad was kind of put in the background or it interrupted the whole thing, so I had to watch the suicide. I I sought that out. Yeah, you know I engaged with it. I had the, I had the kind of thing. It it's not 
I think I think they're two different two different things. But I could be wrong, and maybe someone has a kick-ass example that is just bulletproof. But I I don't know, man. I'm just sick of being advertised to. You know, I I mean, I would say adverts don't really work on me, and they they're only only if I'm interested in the thing will I kind of go, oh, okay, there's that. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they do work on me. Maybe they've kind of molded my brain in a thousand different subtle ways, and I'm just not even aware. And that's a scary thought. So, Rob, please get us out of this because I'm sounding like I shouldn't have a bed sheet over my head. I should have a tinfoil cap. So, do you want to? I don't. Set... Have else. You don't have anything else? No, we've done all mine in here straight off the bat, pretty much. Okay. Well, I've got one more. Okay. So, had you heard that Paddington Two is officially the greatest movie of all time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, in, the in case official this week. Yeah, in case you're not aware of this story, Rotten Tomatoes uh, recently found an 80-year-old review of Citizen Kane, an 80-year-old negative review of Citizen Kane, which knocked it from its perfect 100% fresh rating to a lowly, meager 99%. I spit on 99%. Whereas Paddington 2 still has a 100% approval rating. Now, I'm pretty sure that Paddington 2 isn't the only one with 100% approval no. rating. It was weird that people kind of brought that up as the counterpoint to to think. But I will say, I think Paddington 2 is really great. I think it's, I, I think it's uh. so, so good. Is it better than Citizen Kane? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, maybe it speaks to more people, but I think Citizen Kane being the greatest movie of all time is one of those things that you just kind of you're happy being it being the top of the thing. It's just like yeah, it's like you know when when people rank TV shows and they put The Wire as number one. Fine, cool. What the rest of you know that's 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 just a safe first one. But I mean, it's it's odd to me that Paddington Two got all the all the uh, all the praise. Oh, here we go. So there are a couple of others: uh, the Maltese Falcon, and weirdly, the Flashpoint Paradox, the DC animated movie. Uh, also has a hundred percent. I'm sure there are others, but those are the only ones I can find while I'm still talking. The Gold Rush, Charlie Chaplin's Gold Rush. Does that have a hundred percent? Nice. Yep. But again, I think. The the weird thing about it is is so many people don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes works as a thing. It, you know, it is a review aggregate. We talk about fresh racings and things, and it's just critics who agree that it's above a certain threshold. That's what the percentage is. So it could actually be a seven out of ten, but as long as they agree on threshold and they agree that's a positive thing it can go towards it can be counted in that hundred percent they don't think it's completely perfect and there's no such thing as a completely perfect movie anyway i mean we're talking about such an abstract concept it's so subjective uh paddington 2 is is a damn fine movie yes but so is citizen k <laughs> i don't think i don't think you know I don't think either 
having a 99 or 100 percent positive rating is going to change that they're both fantastic in very very different ways i like the review you did uh it was like your your, your first and only video review on the popcornbucket.com oh yeah of, of the godfather that it was a good film unless you'd seen back to the future yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fine the Godfather, you know, is always brought up in the greatest movie of all time kind of things. And and Back to the Future is, I'm sure it is, but it's lower down the list. It's it's not seen as worthy as something like The Godfather. The trouble, and I would, the trouble is with these uh, you know, greatest films of all time, it does get to the point where are people doing it? Are people just saying it because everyone else is saying it? Well, quite possibly. That's the thing. I mean, it's interesting to note that even... Even that review, the the eighty year old review of Citizen Kane, was saying, "Well, I don't think it's the greatest film of all time." So even then, it was being advertised as the greatest film of all time. Yeah, you know, so maybe that's just highly successful marketing, and people have just kind of bought into it. I mean, Citizen Kane is a masterpiece. There's a reason why we have rosebuds at the end of the thing because it it's great. It's, it, you know, it's it's an absolute classic and pioneered a lot of things. And Orson Welles was a was a genius, a genuine genius. But it's, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, the thing, it was funny that people were saying, oh, Paddington 2 is now the greatest movie of all time and everything. But it also kind of just brought home how pointless Rotten Tomatoes is, really. Um, find find a critic or critics that you agree with because you're going to get a much better take I've, I've seen some people you know say oh it's got a fresh rating on rotten tomatoes it's got a kind of you know it's got a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and and they think it means that's 90 out of 100 so it's a nine out of ten so it's amazing that's not what it means so i mean can i just say fuck rotten tomatoes as well uh, well it's unnecessary no no, it's not. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. And fuck Twitter. And fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll cut that last part out. Or will I? Fuck cutting things out. Rob, I'm just swearing for the sake of attention now. What am I doing? It's because you're covered in your bed sheet. You're sort of... <laughs> no one can get me in here. <laughs> Have you got anything to end on? Um... No, I think I think I think Paddington Two and Citizen Kane were, were, were the last the last point that I had to make. I mean, I didn't I didn't hear what you thought really. You said a couple of things, but I mean, you know, obviously I have strong opinions on Rotten Tomatoes and everything. What what's your takeaway on it? On Rotten Tomatoes, on on the whole thing, on you know, Citizen Kane, Paddington Two, Rotten Tomatoes in general, I you just... know. A nice story. I, I love Paddington Two. It's you know one of the best sequels to a film. Paddington Two was good. Paddington Two was excellent. So I'm wary of Paddington Three. Mm. Yeah. Paddington Two made me cry. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I I it, I went to go and see it at the the uh, Abergavenny Cinema, which is a very small cinema with a small screen. Well, yeah, small room. Um, and I saw several people I knew. Uh, at the start, like going in and sitting down, you know, families and everything. And so when it came to the end, which properly got some tears out of me, 
I left in a hurry because I didn't want them to see me cry. <laughs> so, and not many films can do that to me. Not many films can actually make me properly sorry. And it was so lovely. The yeah. whole thing was so lovely that it, it, it evoked tears. And, and again, I said before, you can't fake heart and Paddington and, and Paddington too have them in spades. Holy crap. What a, what a great set of movies. And yeah, Paddington three, I mean, it's it's a sequel to the greatest movie of all time, Rob. How how are they going to top that? I know. So so yes. So no, I think that's us, mate. I think I think we've we've recapped April twenty twenty one. Review or suggest to the good listeners at home. Have I sorry? Have I got any what? Anything to recommend or suggest? Uh, hmm. Nope. <laughs> oh, I do actually. I do actually. Uh, Lawrence Owen, you may know him from the theme tune, What We Have. Longcap Media have just come out with their podcast, uh, their audio musical podcast, The Ballad of Anna Mary, a nice pirate adventure with some very, very talented voice actors and excellent music. And so I would suggest that you listen to that. I listened to the first episode today and it was uh, legitimately awesome. They're doing, they're doing great stuff. So that's my little plug, Rob. Nice. That was a good recommendation. I will check it out. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's crazy good. I was just going to recommend uh, Women versus Hollywood by Helen O'Hara. Oh, I haven't read that yet. I, I, I do mean to. Yes. Have you, have you been reading it? Yeah. I'm only a couple of chapters into it, but it's, incredibly interesting and incredibly frustrating as well mm, yeah I bet I mean, what it talks about, it talks about uh, the history of women throughout Hollywood and how they've basically been uh, written out in uh, deliberately in a lot of cases yeah, yeah. It's a very good read but it's a very uh, sad read in, in some cases well, Helen O'Hara is a fantastic writer, yeah. and uh, she's a great personality as well, from what I've heard on the Empire podcast, etc. So, uh, yes, no, I will give that a read. All right, bud, yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod, or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd, and you can use the hashtag TPBP. If you're able to, it would be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. With thanks, as always, to Lawrence Owen from Longcat Media for the uh, for the theme tune. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. Catch you next Tuesday.